Hello. Hello. How are you? Yeah, I asked you first. Hey, uh, if we're being honest, I don't feel that great. I'm sorry. What's going on? You said earlier kind of some flu-like symptoms. Yeah, Donna's got Donna had the flu last week, and uh, it's you know trickling over. But uh, yeah, but um, hello everyone. Thank you for joining once again to let's talk about feelings on the Reinventing the Tattoo Network. I am Robbie Rapole as always. He is Dusty Pitstick also as always, and we are your. Yeah. As sometimes. <laughs> we want to thank Guy, Gabe, and everybody at the Reinventing platform to uh, for giving us this place where we can come and talk about our feelings, which is something tattooers don't typically do. Um, and so, yeah, today, uh, as I've already outlined, I don't feel that good. Um, so I was actually even debating doing this, but the way that uh, I made peace with doing it is I just came on my back porch and did it instead of went to the shop because uh, I usually go to the shops on shop on Mondays and film this and then also film some content for the rad movement. But today I just figured I'd go on the back porch and warm up a little bit. So, yeah, that's what I'm doing now. Uh, but yeah, so Dusty. Yeah. You just came home from a tattoo convention. How was that? It was good. It was a little different. Okay. Than some of the fucking 87 other conventions I've done in the last three months. Um, <laughs> I've got my con voice isn't as bad as usual. Usually, I told you earlier, I was like, yeah, my voice is a little bad. Usually Monday, I kind of sound like yeah. Marge Simpson's third law sister. Uh, and it's cool because there's such a natural progression to like Saturday morning I wake up and I, I sound a little gravelly. Mm -hmm. and Sunday morning I wake up and Sunday morning I actually sound really cool. Kind of like right. um, <laughs> you're, li you're listening to the quiet storm. On 97.5. <laughs> and then uh, Monday, I wake up sounding just like I'm going through puberty. But I didn't yell as much this time. It's not as bad. Um, It was a chiller one. It was a very, <clears throat> as Villain Arts Cincinnati, it was a very busy convention. Uh, and I got to see a lot of people that I like. And our whole shop went together. And uh, all in all, it was a good one. But I definitely, I booked a big piece for friday i tattooed for like six hours straight uh on a friend's thigh which is usually my mental threshold for tattooing um i can tattoo for like a 15 hour day fine but i need it to be like three four hour pieces it's hard for me to focus on one piece for that long but i did and it went really well she loves it it got a lot of love online all that fun stuff um had three lined up for saturday they were all decent size tattooed most of saturday but again spaced out uh entered a contest or two got a trophy got to hang out hug people all that fun stuff sunday i didn't usually sunday is my day that i don't book i just wing it and usually i end up doing two or three tattoos stuff out of my flash having a good time i didn't do shit this sunday 
And uh, I actually had a couple people ask, and I made a point to tell myself, uh, unless it's your flash or just something super dope, you're not going to do it. Uh, I was there with my whole shop, so I was able to like, oh, check out her, check out him, knew other friends at the convention, was ever able to point people in other directions if it was something I wasn't trying to do. Um, and then one guy did come up and wanted, it was someone I kind of knew. Uh, I tattooed his fiance a couple times um, and he wanted something simple and traditional, but I actually ended up passing it on to Matt Jackson because by then my head was just kind of hurting and um didn't want to like try and focus on this dude's tattoo and not do a good job and all that sort of stuff. Um, so just really chill Sunday. Instead, I got to take the apprentice around and introduce her to a bunch of people, check in on a bunch of other people's tattooing, ask questions, say hi, give hugs. It was like a super chill Sunday. And uh, I'm kind of grateful for it because usually I tell myself I'm only going to do a tattoo or two on Sunday and kind of wing it. I end up taking on too much. I end up scrambling to tear down at 8.30. I don't get home till midnight. It was kind of nice to have a chill Sunday. I'm not complainative at all. And it was close enough to home that I was also able to, uh, you know, get some people that I tattooed that kept my info and they want to come down to Fairborn to get tattooed. Um, just... It, it ended on good terms. I, like I said, I definitely wasn't mad. Um, so it was a good thing. Uh, but a little bit more of a chill week. And so I'm in a little bit of a, huh, kind of, kind of vibe. Um, which again, I don't think is bad. Just a little different, a little weird. No, I feel you. I am, as I said at the beginning, I am not feeling 100%. So I am also at a different uh, level today as I usually am but yeah I, last week was really fucking like jam-packed and uh I wanted to take a break from life and so now I'm a little sick so here we are taking that break that we need uh life so, uh forced the old break on you yeah I wanted the break um <laughs> uh see, didn't know you wanted it like this though right yeah <laughs> like I, I, I was talking to my doctor and one of my, uh, one of my trainer friends and I was like, yo, should I skip the gym today? And they're like, yeah, if you're trying to combat a flu, you should probably rest. So I am uh, definitely trying to rest as much as I can, but also, uh, as I said in our text thread earlier, I have a lot of gratitude, um, since the weekend. So Saturday night. Yeah, it's a very good thing. Um, Saturday night, we did a concert at my shop. Uh, one of my friends who owns like a rental production company, stages, sound, lights, all that stuff. He came and set up the sound system and lights for the guys. And Jaden, my oldest son, and then the other two dudes, Ben and Brandon, that live here, uh, they got to perform. Um, and then about another seven other artists also got to perform. Uh, Very cool. And I saw a, some of the videos of it. Yeah, yeah. We had the food truck out there. Um, so that was cool. Zen was just having a blast, uh, you know, just enjoying the vibes. Uh, it was really cool to watch my kids, you know, like Jaden was like picking Zen up and like 
holding him while he was singing and shit. And like Zen was dancing. There was one point in time where like he got in the circle in the middle of everybody that was standing there and fucking just started dancing. And all the fucking dudes are screaming and yelling, fucking hyping him up. And it was like, it was a really cool thing. And it also, it gave me a lot of gratitude for the studio because without the studio, wouldn't have had the venue to do that. Um, it's not something you can do at your house, really. Uh, and it's not something that I'd want to do at my house. So it was really cool that I have the venue that not only like helps me fucking, you know, make money in this world, like provides financial stability for a number of families, everyone that works there. Um, and now it's like, I'm able to like put on these shows where me and Jaden for a while, for about a year or so, I was just paying entry fees for every show that he wanted to go and hmm. perform at. And that cost a couple grand, right? Like by the time we're done with it, we spent a lot of money on his career. And it's funny because of the shop that I have and because of my connections I have, we literally didn't fucking drop a dollar to make this show happen. We didn't charge any artists to perform because I don't fucking believe in charging people to get them on stage. I think that's horse shit. Um, and yeah, we that's crazy. Right. And we didn't charge anybody to come and view the show. Um, so we had a decent crowd. We had phenomenal artists that were just like putting their heart into it all. And it was just a really beautiful thing. Uh, and so many of the artists like deeply thanked me for giving them a place to perform. And being that I've been doing this with Jaden for a while now, I'm like, damn, I know what they fucking mean. And I know what this means to them. So it was just like, I don't know, this like new thing unlocked inside of me that I'm like, okay, cool. Not only am I just going to help people in the tattoo world, but like, I want to help these fucking artists and these young musicians, like, you know, make a name for themselves, make a way for themselves uh, you know, just give them a place to perform and let let their creative outlet speak. So it was um, it was really cool. And uh, like I said, I'm wiped, uh, but I think that's more from the flu stuff than anything. But it's been nice. I've had a lot of gratitude bubbling up for the past few days, and uh, I'm really excited to see what else we can do with this stuff for the fellas. But then, you know, it makes me think and gives me more gratitude for the shop again, because like makes me think about the school supply drive slash motorcycle show we just did. And then the car show uh, for Billy's birthday and like all the cool things that we get to do in this shop and we get to, you know, have a venue because of the shop. Um, yeah. It's just really cool. So I've been filled with a lot of gratitude for my situation lately. And it's weird because gratitude isn't like a. <laughs> it's not a natural state for me. I don't know if it is for many people, but like I fucking focused on trying to cultivate gratitude almost as hard as I focused on trying to create self-love. Uh, and if, <laughs> if you know me at all, you know that that's a fucking struggle. Um, if you, it shit, most people, that's one of the biggest things that like I randomly teach people on a regular basis when they're like, I don't even know how to love myself. And I'm like, yeah, well, you know, it's called like taking care of yourself and getting enough sleep and like giving yourself time off from work and responsibilities. And like, so it's just interesting that like I'm learning so much good in life and, and it's coming naturally more so now than it was ever before. So, yeah, 
that's kind of where I am with it. Uh, Hell yeah. Sounds like we both had nice weekends. Yeah, no, I did good chill convention, made money, fun stuff, got to watch people uh, do cool stuff, got to take uh, The Apprentice. It was her first real tattoo convention. Um, Paul's I mean, apprentice she's like a four with day old apprentice, right? Uh, she's like two, three weeks in now. Yeah, but she, yeah, had, she had been around shops <laughs> and uh, she had been around shops and she has been tattooed multiple times. But uh, yeah, not not a lot as far as like working at a shop beyond being an everyday working at the shop. Uh, and then Paul, our shop owner, has an apprentice that she's like three, four months in. And uh, it was her first convention as well. So it was cool to get to watch younger people kind of exist in that and float around and like get to see them flourishing and talking to people and introduce. I mean, like Matt Olson was there, Matt Jackson, Hip, Josh Wiley, like a bunch of fun people that we know that are the sort of nice people that don't see an apprentice. And, oh, fuck it. You, uh, like, shine my shoes, you know, bitch. Oh, yeah. Fucking cool guy. I'm oh, you know. I, there's a funny story. Uh, so, you know, Matt Alsman, right? Out of Omaha. Uh, through the, um, through the internet and stuff. Yeah, but we, we don't yeah, know. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I love him. He's such a fun dude. Uh, the first time he came to Dayton to guest spot, Hip and I took him roller skating. It was such a like, he's like this isn't what tattoo people do. Like kind of situation. Really fun time. He has two apprentices and they're both about a month in and they are polar opposites um one of them i guess was like a teacher for a little while he's younger ish like i mean i mean if i had to guess i'd say like late 20s um the other one's a real young guy and uh i guess uh they asked them to get a chair from their hotel room to bring to the other hotel room while they were waiting for pizza and uh this dude walked right past like a office chair on wheels and brought like half a love seat uh to another <laughs> hotel room so like just just fun apprentice stories like that but seeing them get to do that was really cool um you know won an award was super cool it was cool because uh i won in best traditional uh alexis who you obviously know also won she got first place and uh last year she got third I, th I think she got third and i got second or she got second and i got first but we got to take these pictures like exactly one year apart of us with our awards together um seeing her doing good was awesome seeing friends that i haven't got to see in a while was awesome uh matt jackson tattooed trusty on sunday who you know like got to kick it with him while he got stabbed he was right there in my booth with me lots of good stuff um got my invite to evergreen while i was there um just lots of cool stuff. Promise of more travel, promise of more fun, watching people who are younger get to start to flourish and find their footing. Um, a lot more chill than my usual, like, let's see if I can do 30 tattoos in three days, but weirdly not mad about it. Right. I think after, shit, I'm trying to think of the past two months, uh, Portland and then Boise, and then Akron, and then Florida, and now Cincinnati, plus a flash sale, plus work. Uh, it was kind of nice to just have a chill convention and hug people and be social and not focus so much on just like tattoo, 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 tattoo. So weirdly, gratitude towards that. Usually I'd be like, Sunday was slow. Convention right. sucks. Right. 
I didn't do 80 tattoos. Everybody's a bitch. Like I'm I actually a pretty. Because I didn't do everything that I wanted to do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Nah, man. So I weirdly all right with it. I dig that. And um, it's funny because as you were talking, like one of the things you said earlier, like, yeah, I made some money. Um, money was the last thing I thought about making this weekend, uh, which is not normal for me. Which that means, is not normal for you. Right. Which means I'm <laughs> learning how to shift. <laughs> and it doesn't have to be all about money. Because, dude, uh, even when I was poor, I still was solid. You know, like I still had a place to stay. Uh, even when I didn't have a car and a place to stay, like I still figured yeah. out I got a place to stay, but let me rent a car for a couple of days if I need it. Let me buy this cheap car until it blows up. Let me have a friend yeah. buy a car. Then I got a car given to me for free at one point. So like I've always been well taken care of um, by whatever you want to call it, right? You know, some people call it God. Uh, I am not so much that. I'm more just like, well, something bigger than me and it's probably universal. So let's just call it the universe or some shit. Um, but like everything I've always needed has been there for me. Uh, yeah. And it, it always continues to be there for me. So one of the things I've been trying to work on is not focusing so much on trading my time for money specifically. Um, but yeah, it's a, uh, yeah. <laughs> fair, fair. Um, give me one second. Oh, yeah. Whatever. Sorry, um, Brittany is trying to handle something for me. Oh, that's okay. He's deep in thought. He's thinking about it. Yeah, um, this is something that I'm not supposed to talk about uh, because it involves a surprise. So uh -huh. I can't details. Um, <laughs> soon enough, though, we will have details shared. Uh, and in private, we can talk about it. But um, Gotcha. Yeah. Is, this, is this about uh, us quitting to tour with Soldier Boy? Because I already told everybody. Well, I mean... It was about that, but since since the cat's out of the bag. Yeah. <laughs> I am no longer a tattoo artist. I am a rap artist. So speaking of that, um, you know uh, <laughs> Colbert. Who is it? Zach Lefty Colbert. He's a tattooer out in Texas. Why does it it sounds so familiar? You probably know um, who it is. Yeah. Um, he was just on tour with Snoop Dogg, tatting them motherfuckers on the road, bruh. I love it. And then one of my friends, so Colleen, who took my magical motherfucker class. Yeah, that does the pole dancing stuff. Yes. Was on stage with Snoop pole dancing a number of times. So, like, yeah. it's only a matter of time before me and Snoop become homies. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got too many friends that fuck with him. Like, it's it's going to happen. So, that that's it's, that. It's that. It's that Kevin Bacon separation yes, thing. Absolutely. Uh, but then I like to take it a step further and think about where that like clearly Lefty and Colleen lead to Snoop, which leads you to getting to hang out with Martha Stewart. And then like there, there's got to be three more steps. I don't know where that takes you from there, 
but eventually I feel like all roads lead to eventually we get to hang out with baby Groot from the Marvel movies. So funny enough, that's another person. So um, Dave Batista, not baby Groot, um, but Dave Batista from the fucking um, the Guardian. Yeah, oh yeah, plays Drax owns a shop in Tampa. So yeah, he is he is on my fucking radar, bro. I swear to fuck if I don't tattoo that guy before I die, I fucked up because I live three hours from his shop. So I'm gonna figure out a way to make him uh get on get me on his radar. Uh, and go and tattoo Dave Batista because that's just fucking that's a that's a cool thing to have happen. But like, which is funny because the ba- the baby Groot joke stemmed from I have a client that I tattoo uh, that I've tattooed a bunch and his family and stuff. Who uh, the first place trad I got at Rubber City in Akron was yes. that guy that like big uh, sailor. Yes, you told me about sunset this. scene. But yeah, his sister is uh, blonde, the blonde girl Harcourt in Peacemaker, and she's in all the DC movies now, and she's married to James Gunn in real life. So every time that uh, he posts tattoos I do on him, James Gunn likes it because they're like Instagram friends because they're <laughs> brother-in-laws. And he's he's got all these photos. It's funny because he's, he's a cool dude, but he's very much just like any dude you'd meet on the street, like, oh, what up, man? And he just happens to be like a cool dude. He's into fucking hip-hop and shit, but also happens to be you know brothers-in-law with james gunn so like vicariously james gunn sees these tattoos i do on this guy which again guardians of the galaxy all the comic book movies puts me one step closer to baby groot uh but also inadvertently does put me one step closer to dave batista so with our powers combined you heard it here first reinventing the tattoo we will manifest tattooing dave batista yes yes and baby Groot. who is isn't isn't uh, isn't vin diesel Diesel? bro i'm down Diesel all day bro (laughs) and i and i have a disproportionate amount of knowledge about professional wrestling and the fast and the furious movies so like this is (laughs) could you imagine tattooing vin diesel and the whole time asking him really obnoxious questions about like in fast seven the big <laughs> electromagnet that the villain used to pull all the cars like wouldn't that have also pulled like street signs and stuff like it just seems you know when ludicrous went to space with Bro, Tyrese, I was this doesn't seem logical <laughs> I, I would just like say stuff that like clearly like what like, Dude. can someone else please finish this tattoo? Hey, you know, you know what's funny? So, like, I have these things that people don't know about me because I don't share it. Because, like, it's my triggers that I don't need to impose on you, right? So, like, yeah. So, like, okay, I was on World's Dumbest and Ridiculousness for getting my palm tattooed. Um, I got a couple bucks for ridiculousness but somebody else got paid for the world dumbest thing then i was on tosh.0 uh didn't get paid for that one didn't even get asked and that was like really traumatic for me and like i still want to fucking like i know it wouldn't be fair me like fighting tosh.0 daniel tosh like it would be mean but like i still kind of want to like choke him really hard like maybe kill him 
probably not kill him because I don't want that on me, but like maybe break a few teeth or something, you know? So um, the point is, I don't really like harm comedy. Okay. You know, like, I don't like watching people getting their legs broke. That's traumatic for me. And sometimes I just fucking bust out into tears when I see and hear a leg break. So I'm like, okay, cool. Cause like, that is still like, it's like the crack of a whip, the sound of my leg breaking and the sound of my bones breaking. I still remember that too much. So like, that's too deep for me. So, and I didn't really like this harm comedy before my accident, but now like it's triggering for me. So like, if you're like, oh, check out this video and you show me fucking harm comedy, I'm like, oh. like, but I get mad and I want to fuck you up about it. But like, people don't think that I would get mad at that. Or like, people send me videos of dudes suspending. It's like, bro, I broke my leg off suspending. Why are you sending me suspension videos? Granted, I still do suspension, but you don't know what kind of triggers I got. Grow the fuck up and don't disrespect me. And it's like, wait a second. They don't think they're disrespecting me. They're like looking at my life saying this guy still likes this stuff. Let me share this with him. So I have these weird things that like I get mad at people about and they're just totally trying to be nice. So I can imagine Vin Diesel sitting there getting tattooed by you and you're making all these jokes that seem (laughs) awesome to us. And he's like, so should should somebody tell him I don't like harm comedy? Like, (laughs) So yeah, and, which that is funny because it's the polar opposite of how it how it plays out in my head is that Vin Diesel is actually like really smart, uh, and then he's just like, oh no, you see, that's my my best Vin Diesel kind of sounds like Sylvester Stallone. Oh like, no, you see the way that electromagnetics work when you get the fields of the atmosphere mixed with it is it the type of alloys and cars, and he just like breaks it the fuck down for right? me, and we're all just like, huh. Uh, kind of like, that, like that. when Wayne from Wayne's World met Alice Cooper, and he thought, they yeah, were he's, all he's, like, shit. he's like Milwaukee, which Milwaukee. the Indians called Land of Many, and like, and then he's just like, cool, uh, but it's like <laughs> such a good. Um, it, it equally makes me think of uh, if I were in a scenario where I actually tattooed Dave Batista. Um, do you remember, I mean, it was one of the best SNL bits of ever. They did it multiple times where Chris Farley would interview people, but he was just Chris Farley. Like he wasn't a character. It was literally just like the, the one I remember he sat with Paul McCartney. They put him with a couple other people. The Paul McCartney one is the one I really remember. Uh, and he's just interviewing him as Chris Farley, but he just brings up shit that happened and just tells him it was cool. He's like, Hey, uh, remember when you were in the Beatles and you guys had all those hits and he's like, yeah, I, I do Chris. And he's just like, that was awesome. Uh, that, that would be me. The, the reality for as much as I'm like, Oh, wouldn't it be funny to like joke about the fine nuances of fast and the furious and why it's so stupid. What would actually happen would just be me like, Hey, remember that time you won the Royal rumble and like triple H was champ and he was your mentor, but then you turned on him and you beat him for the title. And then you were the world champ. And, uh, and he would just be like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I was, I was there. And then just me, that was cool, man. Uh, like it, I have always been able to keep my cool in front of famous people. But, like, if I was forced to be in a scenario where I had to tattoo 
I've, I've tattooed like D-list kind of people. If I was like tattooing someone like legit, legit, I would be like, look, I can't play it cool for 10 minutes and then like run off and squeal in a corner. So you're stuck with me. You're going to have to like deal with me fanboying out just a little bit here. Dude, it's funny because like uh, I recently tattooed one of my favorite recording artists, dude named Cass Haley. Uh, and I found him because he was on America's Got Talent mad years ago doing a phenomenal fucking acoustic reggae style version of walking on the moon okay so i got to tattoo him recently and it was weird because like it all just happens regular life and they're just regular people and then when you're with them it's like man this doesn't even feel real like <laughs> this isn't even that this is fake like I, I get in this weird like dissociative way where i'm just like i don't even feel like i'm here but like i'm here with this person and it's it's cool because it makes it to where I can like look at them as normal. Yeah, you're just a person. Like he's like, yeah, man, I'm a pig farmer from Texas, man. He was on the phone fucking talking about like fixing the fences to get his pigs straightened out and shit back home and shit. And like, oh wow, you you just really are a normal guy. So it's kind of cool when you get to meet somebody wow. you really look up to, and they're just normal. But yeah. then also because of that, when I met Mike Love, another recording artist I really love. He looked at me and he goes, you tattooed Eben, which is Cass Haley's son. And I was like, okay, now I can't not fangirl because like you recognize yeah. me before I got to say hello to you. And it's just, it's kind of funny because I'm pretty good about not fangirling, but like Donna was even making fun of me. She's like, dude, you never act like this. As I'm talking to him, she's like, this is weird watching him be like this. Usually people are like this towards him. And I'm like, I don't even give a shit. I'm fucking, I'll kiss this man on the mouth. <laughs> so it's really funny when you get to meet people you really look up to and then you don't know what to do with it uh or yeah. can figure out what to do with it and it's pretty simple so yeah anyway we are like completely off any real topics that we were discussing you ah, brought up topics are topics are just uh you know we're like we're talking about gratitude today we're yeah. all in good moods and we're feeling grateful so everything's all right i dig it i did like what you my, said my, you Okay. Oh, go ahead. Well, how you said you were talking about valuation, um, yeah, pricing uh, on self and work. I like that. Topic. Yeah, and it's I, a I, good I, topic. I do um, have to throw in a quick yeah do anecdote because uh, we were talking about tattoo. Like there was a weird string at the last shop I was at whereby absolute circumstance i ended up tattooing like a whole string of famous people uh over a course of a couple months and my favorite one of them just because we were telling these stories and it's kind of like the c-list people that are like yeah they're just people um i just tattooed a lady that just hit up the shop and yeah i can get you in like next week uh it was literally just 11 11 maybe yay big um, and her dude came with her and he ended up getting tattooed too. And he got something a little bit bigger, but I tattooed them both. And, uh, you know, I, I took a photo. I don't even think I threw it online. It was just like a really simple little tattoo and oh, cool. You know, have a good day, whatever. Um, super nice. We bullshitted with them for a while. She leaves. And, uh, one of the apprentices at the shop is like, Hey, uh, you know, the shop Instagram, just jumped up like 700 followers today uh what and we're like did someone like 
pay? Like, that's where my head always goes. It's like, did someone pay like a guy on Fiverr to get a bunch of bots to follow us? And I looked at our stories and, uh, you know, our mentions or whatever. And that girl had posted her little 1111 tattoo and mentioned us. And I looked at it and she was a lady who was a coach on like seven seasons of The Biggest Loser. And she had like five million followers. Um, Yeah, she was. And it's funny because when her and her dude were there, I think the topic of conversation, it was me and Joey Brenner and Beck tattooing that day. And uh, we spent the whole hour that they were there talking about like, if you could fight any celebrity, what celebrity would it be? And they're like joking with us about it. They were both super cool, but I do remember that they both drove up in like different kind of BMWs, which at that shop in that area, like wasn't uncommon to the point that we didn't notice it beyond like, oh fuck, BMWs, they're probably doing pretty good. Um, but yeah, it turns out she was like on NBC, had like published books, multiple seasons of Biggest Loser. And uh, yeah, the, the shop ended up getting like, I think, I think like a thousand followers that day total off for her, like posting and tagging us. And uh, you're welcome, old shop. Uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah, no, she was super chill, but it was just a funny story of like that. Was it a string of like I had tattooed some other stuff? And uh, on a couple other people that were kind of like that, like reality show level of, you know, celebrity and just kind of normal folks. And that one I genuinely didn't know until she left. And I was like, oh, holy shit, you know, tack it on. Um, but just a funny story about, yeah, just people being people. And yeah, it's wild. Man. Uh, slowly all looping around to, you know, she was the biggest loser coach, fitness industry. Guess who else is ripped? Dave Batista. Uh, so. We're going to tattoo Dave Batista. That's it. It's happening. You heard it here first. Reinventing family. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm interested to hear about some of these talks you had with some of these artists over the weekend about like valuation of some things. Because that's kind of a I mean, right now. Uh, Man, is it ever. Ooh, it is on fire right now, bro. What is that? Dave Batista? Yes. Oh, okay. I was like, you, you were looking down at your phone. I was like, did he text you? Did, is no. it? No, oh. so I'm just I'm playing with one of Zen's little toys right here. So uh oh, okay. Just spinning this little guy. So don't, yeah. don't mind me. I just thought it was a Batista text. Um <laughs> yeah, just oh, you know, is it a is it know, like a fidgety spinner kind of thing? Uh, it's it's one of the, it's a little car toy that's made out of a wood block. Donna gets him all a lot oh, of these. Okay. Apparently, like wood toys are like a thing right now um, for youngsters. It's like uh, cool. Uh, the, a lot of it's learning stuff. So simple toys that have some sort of purpose of like, you know, like this, you know, you you, you can like move it and like use it as a car. Yeah. You know what I'm saying and like a lot of a lot of the toys he has are just very simple stuff. So, yeah, so they're, they're just always around. I feel like without having any real knowledge of the situation, it feels like it would allow kids to have more imagination. I could to be like, that. oh, it's a it's a wood block with wheels. This could be anything, right. versus like, you know, a Paw Patrol dog is a Paw Patrol dog. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, no, that's totally true. Yeah, I didn't even think of uh, that aspect either. But yeah, it's it's cool. She she does, dude. She's she's a research monster. She just fucking googles everything and just fucking dives deep. So she's been really diving deep, trying to figure out all the good mom stuff. So I, I'm very nice, very appreciative of that. No, that's awesome. But yeah, surprising, super hot topic right now. 
uh, our economy from everything I have read, because I also am really bad about just diving headfirst into weird topics. Uh, I'll go to bed at 11 and I'm like, I'm going to bed at 11. I'm going to put on one episode of The Simpsons by 1130. I'm turning out the lights. It's going to be great. And then at 2 a.m., I'm like eight windows deep into or eight tabs deep into Wikipedia. And I'm learning about like the teapot dome scandal uh, or something like that. I'll be like learning about <laughs> like uh, fucking like Indian monarchy laws and stuff from like India or whatever. It's I don't man. I don't know. I need to stop reading the world. I need to stop reading the world news at night, but I know that it's a lot less biased than like national news. Right. So I'm like, all right, what are what are other countries saying about us right now? Because it's probably more accurate. And then it just it spirals out of control because I read the comments and in the world news, instead of being people like, got my guns, it's people like, oh, this reminds me rather of the 1800s when such and such. And I'm like, stop being smart. Now I have to Wikipedia dive to figure out what the <laughs> fuck these people are even talking about. Uh, so anyways, I digress. Um, I understand. But uh, yeah, I'll, uh, <laughs> I don't remember where it was going necessarily. But yeah, I, I will. Uh, oh, reading about the economy and stuff. They're saying we're not going to go into a recession. The The top pundits are saying it's not we're we're in pre-recession but they don't think it's going to get that bad it's seeming like things are going to get better um a lot of people are finally sucking it up and raising rates uh, that they're paying people like wages and stuff think we're going to be okay uh but people are definitely not flourishing like they were we got we got spoiled i had a big conversation about this where people that were in the industry prior to covid have seen like slow seasons and Oh, you know, back to school time where we're at right now. Everybody's vacation, vacation debt, back to school kids, back to school debt, schedule changes. Like it's a weird month. Um, and it's not to say that I haven't been able to tattoo every day, which has been great, but it's been like a tattoo or two a day, five days a week, which is still awesome versus, you know, here in a month or two when all the Halloween shit hits three tattoos a day, every day, six days a week kind of thing. So like, it's a little slow. I know a lot of other people that never were really involved in the industry prior to COVID that have had such a, like, oh, this is just, life's always great. And I just charge thousands and internet gurus tell me I can charge what the fuck ever and do what the fuck ever. And they kind of have been able to, because no one really knows. They're finally seeing the slowdown that existed prior to three months of government payments, stimulus payments, tax returns, stir craziness, uh, economy boom. And it's so many people are in this weird thing where I'm seeing a lot of people panic and lower their rates and like, I'll do anything to tattoo. Just give me money. Um, I am seeing a lot of people stay very steadfast with their rates, but not tattooing because their rates are a little higher. And, uh, you know, maybe not everyone can afford it right now. Um, so it's it seems like it's affecting a lot of people that if your rates were higher, either you're panicking and dropping them or you're holding true, but you're like not tattooing as much. And that's kind of worrying some folks. And uh, it's weird because I've gone through a lot of stuff where I've always been respectful of other people's rates. Even if I'm like, oh, maybe their work doesn't reflect that rate or maybe their work reflects that they should raise it or whatever. 
Mine have always been a little bit on the fairer, but lower side. I'm watching a lot of other people start to come to earth with that. I'm seeing other people. I'm seeing certain people that are charging three grand a day that are still flourishing because they busted their ass for over a decade and they made a name to where they can do that and they're sought out. I'm seeing a lot of other people that are charging two, three K a day that have been in the industry a couple of years and did not kind of earn their way into that, that don't have that level of following that are kind of panicking. It seems like it's going all over the place, but it is definitely a hot button issue. And it's something that I think uh, emotionally, because we're talking about feelings, kind of brings out the ugliest parts of people. uh, Because at that point, when you're setting your rates, you are like, you're you, you're staying true in your beliefs of what I am and what I'm worth. And does the market dictate that? Or do I decide what I'm worth? you know, all this stuff and then essentially handing it off to the general population to hold that mirror up to you and be like, yeah, you're worth it. Cause you're staying busy or like, no, you're not worth it. And that can bring a lot of bitterness. It can bring a lot of gratitude. If you're doing good, it can bring a lot of criticism on you. Um, man, it can, it, it's, it's one that gets you deep in the feels. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, money is one of those things that, you know, if you look at it, from a spiritual perspective your money is energy and if you get stuck focusing on part of getting the money you're sticking the energy and the energy doesn't get to flow and move but when you like just allow the money to come and go then the energy is moving and flowing and everything works well together so um, and that's that's like some internet guru speak right there, right? You know what I'm saying? Because like, yeah, you know, you could pay the wrong guy a lot of money and or, or gal, and they could just tell you, you know, charge more, you're worth it, and then that's it, uh, and then your business doesn't flourish. But like, one of the things I read today um, hit me pretty hard, and I'll give a little backstory after I say it, so I don't lose uh, my train of thought. But like. What you're what you have today, you were working on a year ago. What you're working on, what you're working on today will show fruit, will bear fruit a year from now. Um, and one of the things I've been focusing on is not <laughs> not trading <laughs> time for money anymore. Because my yeah. whole career, I've just strictly traded my time for money. Um, and due to the this the unique and peculiar situation that I'm in, um you know, I have money outside of my daily work that I can use, but I don't want to use it because that's my other time money, not right now money. Uh, you yeah. know, I'm being retirement or investments or anything like that. Um, but like, I also realized I am physically not in a position where I'm scrambling all the time to trade my time for money anymore. Whereas for years, that's all I wanted to do because I believed I had to work hard and that's what brought me everything I needed in life. So it's just really cool to, to step into a place with all this going on. Um, even though like, uh, I don't want to get too deep into it, but one of these gurus that's big in the tattoo game, we've talked about it before on here. Um, I'm going to release my experience with that person, working with that person on the internet. And my experience working with that person 
wasn't really that good. Uh, I didn't, I didn't get out of it what I hoped, expected, and thought as far as like business return, ROI, return on investment, right? But I did get a lot in return by meeting people like you and a number of other people. Um, and the connections were there and, and the experiences were there. But the beauty of it is we're in, we're all in a, re, in a not a recession. <laughs> we're all in an economic weird spot. Because I see if you if you go on the Internet, if you go on social media, you see other tattooers saying, man, it's so slow. What am I doing wrong? You see other businesses like I've seen so many other businesses being like, yo, it's slow as fuck. So then I just used my skills of deduction. Um, I don't care who you are or what your beliefs are. These are my beliefs and they're only mine. You don't have to agree with them or not. But because of the fucking wonderful worldwide crisis that uh, the new world order created with COVID, <laughs> all the powers that be got together and said, let's fuck everything up so we can all make more money on some bullshit. Um, so once COVID did all that thing and shook everything up, everything went high because nothing was allowed for a while. So then everybody wanted to waste their money on everything and all the stimulus checks and all that stuff. And so now the stimulus checks are done and like people have to go back to work and shit. And like, you know, like life is returning to normal. So I feel like that boom we had had to have a drop past comfortable yeah. to resurface back to natural, normal, happy, healthy, because we were here for a while. So now we're just trying to get back here from down. Yeah. You know, so I just and and being that I've been in this industry for fucking three decades now, like I got to watch my dad go through slow times. I got to learn tattooing, you know, before the Internet was really a big thing when we use reference books or like you send somebody to the library to get a book for a reference. Yeah. For you, right. Like so I've, I've seen so many evolutions of this career. The funniest thing is it never really changes. It's like, you know, it's like cars. Yeah, we have the electric cars, but like we still got cars made out of gas. So cars really haven't changed that much in a bunch of years. And tattooing has had some things that are different, but like really hasn't changed that much. It's still trading time for time and art for money uh, I, on some piece permanently. The biggest change that I have seen personally, it's I think you're right, because there is the, the whole idea there's electric cars now, but there is still cars, is that you have by appointment, 3K a day, I use a rotary, you know, pen, and I do this from my iPad to AI art to this reference. Like you have like that newer model, and you still have people that are able to go into a shop and be like, you know, when times are tough, because they did street shops, they did drawing, they did fucking magazines and stuff. Yeah, let me I, I still I've probably told you this more than once before. The wildest shit that I've ever seen in my life was uh, Joey Brenner, a guy came in and wanted to get a semi truck for his dad that had passed away that drove a truck. And this dude just drew a semi truck from memory. So weird. And I'm like, could I draw a truck without the internet and shit? Yeah. Would I need to go find a picture of a semi truck? obviously dude just drew a truck like he had just watched over the top the night before and remembered a fucking semi truck uh and it was just wild to watch unfold 
but you have people that like when we do conventions and when we get busy with walk-ins and stuff, you can tell who's kind of like, oh, fucking yeah, shit. Give me 200 bucks. It's going to take an hour. I'll draw it up. We'll make it work. And you can tell who is equally like, okay, do you have the photo that I can use for making it? And you know, what, what iPad stamp can I use for that? And uh, you know, you, you watch that unfold. And I just think that it just so happened that with the economic boom that we had and with the influx of the industry, um, I was just talking with some people yesterday about that. We were talking about uh, the tattoo industry and the dollar amount that they've put on it because I joined the APT, like the Alliance of Professional Tattooers, and they're doing all that stuff with like trying to keep the government regulations out of stuff. The whole reason the government's finally stepping in and noticing is because tattoo every year they said the industry has officially broken millions into billions. Like it is now a billion dollar a year industry and people see that. And it used to be that either you liked the artistic side or you liked the lifestyle of fucking motorcycles and cocaine and craziness, or it was a generational thing where like your dad tattooed and you just kind of got pulled into it. But no, nobody in the past really until fairly recently ever looked at tattooing as a viable career from the standpoint of oh people are just making money fucking hand over fist i went in on that i'll trace a fucking infinity loop uh and it's really a new that's the big change i've seen everything else like you said there's highs there's lows everything but it's always been people that up until recently with ipads and procreate and shit at the very least knew how to research reference art and trace it at the best knew how to just draw a semi truck from memory. Uh, and then all of us in between. And it's now there are these people that like have only experienced good times because we had three, four years straight of good times have only experienced, Oh, you can charge a shit ton of money. And Oh, people just come and throw wads of cat at you to get tattooed. And Oh, people have disposable income and people are stoked to get body art because it's probably accepted now more than it's ever been. And all that stuff. And like, I think that's the big thing is that they're the, this is the first time that if you are a first through third year tattooer, unless you were in the industry in some other way prior to that or something, this is probably the first time that you have seen like lulls that are more than just like, oh, I had a slow week. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's interesting to watch unfold just because that's where I think the panic's coming from. The amount of people, one of the guys I talked with about it yesterday, uh, Matt Jackson, he's been tattooing, I think like a decade. And I, I feel like he was around it even before that, you know, so it's, you've got people that are like, yeah, it's kind of been a while. Here we are. You know, I know how to hustle. I know how to price accordingly. I know how to take walk-ins. I know how to do Pinteresty tattoos. And it's people that are maybe not doing what they want to do all day, every day right now, but they're going to be fine. Yeah. And then a whole different new class of people that are like, still kind of doing the like fake it till you make it like well i'll just pretend i'm really booked and people will think i'm booked and i'll stand in integrity on my rates because they need to be stood in integrity on and the client will respect me for it and just pay me more money and it's like i had someone hit me up yesterday because somebody from another shop around me uh you know basically quoted them a certain price for something got like a third of the project done for that price and was like, Oh, well that was per day. It's probably going to take multiple days. And now this lady has a not even completed blue realism rose 
about yay big on her forearm, like not even palm size that she's a thousand dollars deep into and is suddenly hit, which is already pricey, but then is hit with like, oh yeah, you're going to have to give me thousands more and keep coming back. So she hit me up. She's like, Hey, you tattooed my friend recently. She posted it. Your work's awesome. Is this normal now? And if not, can I book with you? And I was like, no, it's not. And yes, you can. Um, she's coming in for a consult tomorrow. We're going to try and squeeze her in before September's over. But like, she was really off put by that. And she really broke it down to me as not being explained to her being very kind of hyped up in other ways, like sign here, sign here. This is going to be great. Ooh, I'm excited. You know? And then like kind of hit after the fact with like, Oh, well that was per session. I, it could take multiple sessions. And I did like, what should take anybody in their right mind two to three hours max on you made it last a whole day and i'm trying to milk you for money and i think that they it's become such a you know i'm not the problem mindset with a lot of tattoo people to you know you go into some of the tattoo instagram and facebook groups like that tattoo shop talk and you'll get all these people that it's like man this client hit me up and they really want to get this, but it's not really my style, but I kind of need the money. Should I even tattoo them? And it's a bunch of people like you hold in your integrity and charge this and do that. And it's like, nobody's really taking into account. And a lot of what I'm seeing, the fact that maybe the uh, client is a person with thoughts or hopes or feelings or wants, you know, the whole, like, why don't you just let me do what I want to do? And the client being like, well, I really want this. Like, could you imagine going to like buy a new car and being like, Hey, I really like the Honda civic. It's got longevity and good mileage. And they're like, well, I really want to fucking sell you a Dodge Ram. So that's what you're getting. And like, if you were like, well, that's not really what I asked for. And then just like going into like car salesman talk on face group and, you know, being like, fuck this bitch, they wouldn't fucking take the Ram. Why the fuck do I even get into selling cars in the first place? Uh, <laughs> it's, and, you know, like a car is a huge investment, but it you're going to get a new car. This is some shit on people for forever. And like I'm watching these artists get so mad about like art, artistic integrity is cool. Finding your voice is cool. Doing stuff you like is cool. But if the client doesn't want that, your options are really either to accept that and move on and be like, I wasn't the right fit and look at it in a positive way or to shut the fuck up and do it and, you know, kind of roll with it. And it's like, there's this whole culture breeding of people that like have this audacity surrounding it. Like the client didn't want what I wanted to do. So fuck them. I'm better than them. And it's like, I don't know, dude, it's wild to watch, but those seem to be the same people looping it back around. I promise I was going somewhere with this that are just like blown away by this first slow season that they've experienced and they're like freaking out over, you know, having tattooed in weeks because no one wants to pay $3,000 for me to tattoo them for like three hours. The shit I want to do, not what they want. Do I lower my rates? And then a bunch of other dudes are like, no, don't lower your rates. It's your integrity, bro. And, you know, it's this whole thing where they're like, I think we're going to see a big fall off in the next year or so, unless the economy magically bubbles back to amazing and everything just fixes itself. I think we're going to see a big fall off of a lot of second and third year people that kind of got sucked into the wrong things for the wrong ways, either adjusting their mindset or putting the tattoo machine in their closet with the karate outfit and the unicycle and the fucking, you know, 
homemaking fucking or what was i going with that uh <laughs> a table setting i don't know why i said homemaking uh <laughs> table ta- tablescaping the professional table setters for uh you know what i mean it's, it's gonna yeah. go in the closet with every other hobby that they thought was gonna make them internet famous and a millionaire no i feel you man and it's cool because like well what's cool is the three decades i've been around this industry I've seen all this shit before, just not with COVID. You know what I'm saying? I remember when the recession hit in like 2000, early 2000s, right? Um, Yeah. Crash, right? Bro, I remember being cocky as fuck in my shop. People were like, recession? (laughs) I'm like, what recession? You see, we're doing fucking fine. And you know what happened? I was a motherfucker. I just worked all the time. So I was at the shop during regular business hours five days a week and if you got there before we closed i'd probably stay late for you so i was fucking cleaning up and when everybody else is like oh recession 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 i'm like the fuck you talking about i'm working between you know 50 and like a couple hundred dollars every time and i'm making money so it was really interesting watching that and just kind of putting this in that dress yeah so if we dress up this point of time the way that we dressed up that point in time, bro, it's going to be fucking fine. Like, and that, but, but so now let's full circle it back to something you and I talk about regularly and my, my relationship with money, how, uh, like we said, I'm usually, that's usually the first thing I think of. Like, did I make, um, and I'm finding my way around to not making it all about the money right now in this way that it needs to, come the money just comes to me when it comes to me at the times and the rates that it comes to me and i do have a couple of different revenue streams so it feels nice knowing that okay well if this is low over here this might be high over here and if this is high over here this might be low you know so like i and and then if it comes down to it i can just go back to the shop and fucking hustle my dick off you know like yeah so, so the old pattern that i had in slow times um and this is probably this is over 10 years ago i would do $300 half days, $600 full days with people. And I would do that all throughout the slow season at the end of the year. And I would fucking book myself and I'd make great fucking money. And I was always working and I was always paid and everyone else wasn't working and wasn't paid, but I like, and, and that's the thing. So like right now, the position I'm in, I am in a position where I don't have to lower my rates to make money in tattooing because I do get people that book with me at the rates that I want. Not as many as I'd like on a regular basis, but I do get a decent amount of bookings, right? But I don't have to only concentrate on the money that comes to me in tattooing. So if I, but like one of the things I did um, either earlier in the year or last, I think it was at the end of last year, I knocked a thousand dollars off my day rate. I remember that was uh, last December. Yes. And I tattooed my dick off. Um, but I had a lot of shitty clients. I had fucking neurotic assholes that were like, oh, I can't get this sleeve finished today for 1500. And I'm like, no, I told you that in our consultation. And like, I told you you'd get, you'd have a minimum of five sessions to get this sleeve completed. Uh, so like, I don't know what you were thinking. And he's, and then, you know, oh, I need to get in the books and then they don't get in the books. And when you put them in the books, they fucking don't have the deposit money and then they never pay a deposit. And then there really isn't an appointment. So like, when I lower my rates to that, it usually gives me clients that are annoying. 
that I don't want to deal yeah. with. But back in the day, I didn't give a fuck because I was just happy to be tattooing. Yeah. You know? But now I'm a 42 year old man with a fucking baby and standards and shit. And like as, who I am as a human has changed. So I have to change the way I operate. But and and I think the point, the reason why I bring this up is because I've been a number of people in this industry. Uh, I've been just the walking guy that laughed at people when they said, do you take appointments? I'm like, never heard of her. That's stupid. What's an appointment? You know, and then it turned into taking appointments. Then it turned into, you know, adjusting my rates around the things. And like I said, I've done this last year with adjusting my rates and it got me more bookings, but it didn't make me more fulfilled because I didn't even get to finish the work I was doing because everybody was like, oh, cool, a discount. And like, well, if you're coming to get large scale tattoos from an expensive tattooer on a discount for only the discount, then you're probably yeah. going to be able to even afford to get the tattoo finished at the discount. So like, why are you coming to me for a fucking discount? Cause I ain't a discount tattooer. So like, it's just funny. You kind of have to know who you are, where you are and what yeah. you are as a tattooer. And, and I think, I think you've got a really good handle on that. Um, and, and I, I think that's a big you, part of why it is such a hot button issue right now, because there are people that do have a good handle on who they are and what they're doing and are able to, you know, Oh, I'm going to switch my rates to this. I'm going to do this. I watched, um, when everything started to go a little funky, maybe a little under a year ago or a little over a year ago when the economy first started getting weird and uh, like wages weren't going up, but inflation was going up and everybody was kind of taking a hit. But I watched a girl who tattoos around here. She does really cool American traditional stuff. And granted, she does more three to four hours. Your piece is done kind of scale stuff. We can knock it out today. Um, she was 250 an hour. She lowered her rates to 150 an hour and she made a post about it. Hey, uh, at 150 an hour, I know tattoos are a luxury. I know that is still a price where my family is completely fed. Life is good. I'm going to stay busy. I'm not doing this because I'm desperate. I stay busy. I'm doing this because I sympathize with the fact that a lot of you are making 10 to 12 bucks an hour and a fucking gallon of milk is like seven bucks right now. Um, you know, tattoos are a luxury. I'm trying to help you be able to attain that luxury instead of being, I'm Mercedes Benz, be a millionaire and you can fucking afford me. I watched somebody else who was 3,500 a day make a post and he only did full days. He made a post like three days after her and it was, Hey, the economy tattoos are a luxury. I know everybody's hurting for money right now. Uh, so I have to adjust with inflation. I'm trying to go up to 4k a day. And every pop finds its lid, assess your value to yourself, but he only did large scale stuff. And uh, I watched that dude crickets and uh, a lot of people that already kind of was like, man, you're already kind of overpriced, you know, not overpriced, but Hey, you're out of my budget. Go to, you are definitely out of my budget now. Yeah. And uh, so that is something that I, I have tinkered even like I've stayed busy but there is a little part of me that is kind of, I don't even think it's the people pleaser. I think it's the fact that I did grow up poor and I've been around a lot of that um, for a good chunk of my life. I grew up a punk rock kid. It was very like, hey, four dudes live in a house. We ride bikes. Like we're not rich kind of mindset that I've like considered tweaking my rates slightly um, just to try and be more cool with people because I know it is a thing where right now not everybody just has. 800 bucks to toss at, you know, getting whatever. 
Um, but I also do stuff that I usually try and get pieces done in three or four hours. And I know I'm not going to have to worry about, do they come back? Do they this, do they that? But I just think it's cool that we can talk about it from two different standpoints and also be the sort of people that know how to hustle and how to roll with the punches and how to do those things. Because that's kind of the point I was getting at earlier is I think we're seeing a lot of people right now that maybe don't necessarily know how to do that and have never seen this kind of, you know, economy situation roll up and they're kind of panicking right now. And there's such an online industry mindset of like, you know, these, these guru guys that are, know you're honest, you know, know your integrity, know your worth, know your value that are like really pushing that on people. And it does turn into a lot of people that aren't bad people and are just charging kind of the product of the environment they came from over the last couple of years that could potentially learn a thing or two, learn to hustle their ass off, adjust their rates and be fine. And when things boom, raise the rates right back up and be good again, that are almost getting like guru bullied into not doing it. And I think, you know, from experience that there's definitely scenarios where you're like, is this right? And other people are like, no, it's right. And they keep tossing the word integrity around integrity, integrity, integrity. And if you do it, it'll just work. If you do it, it'll just work. You just have to plant the seeds and watch the gardens grow or whatever sort of mindset. And it really does turn into people who don't know how to feel about what they're charging. They maybe even feel some guilt. They maybe feel that they're like, well, I guess I'll just stay here. And instead of watching this big boom that they're promised, they watch everything kind of go. Um, I think a problem with that is like when you can't believe it, you can't achieve it. So like you literally have to believe to make manifestation work. And so if you're over here conflicted and no one's teaching you how to deconflict, well, like that doesn't fucking work. You know what I'm saying? So when they're telling you charge, 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 and you're like, I can't, I don't believe in it. I don't know how. Well, of course it's not going to work. So it's very interesting because a lot of this guru stuff is good information and it's been passed around for decades, Uh, even longer, some of it, you know, but like, man, it's just got to be applied properly. I can fucking give you, you know, a fucking extension cord and a fan, but if I don't give you a fucking wall outlet to plug it into. Yeah. And you're not wrong. Working, But there's gotta be equally. I think there's gotta be a line where right through, through hard work and right, you know, uh, hard work and determination and eating right and watching your macros and working out every day. You could go from somebody that's bench pressing 150 pounds to someone that's bench pressing 300 pounds. Right. At some point, if someone's like, you could be doing a thousand pounds if you wanted, like, no, you fucking can't. Uh, you're not going to bench press a car. It just doesn't ha- like there's got to be a limit. Same deal yeah. with we've talked about the metaphor before about like when I started jogging, I could kind of limp out a 15 minute mile. And at my best shape, I think the best I ever did was like a 650 mile, which is pretty fucking impressive Uh, for a dude my size i was never gonna get under a six minute mile and i have friends that have done five something miles uh but like at some point you know the the these guys online could tell me all day you just gotta believe and you'll hit the three minute mile like no man doesn't run a three minute mile some sort of superhuman will in the future but we're not there so there's gotta be like reasonable doubt on that right And that's where like the fact that I know a lot of people 
this is this is a huge problem that I have with the Midwest right now. Uh, doing Midwestern tattoo conventions is super fun. I get to see a lot of people I love. They're close enough that I can drive to them. I don't have to fly. Uh, there's a lot of really cool stuff, but I will talk to people that like for Dayton, Ohio, I feel like I'm on the fairly like middle ground pricing wise. I'm 150 an hour. I do a 600 half day and a thousand dollar full day. I was telling people that were coming up that wanted like really tight shit I had drawn that would take me three or four hours. I'm like, okay, you're probably looking between like four and six hundred dollars. Uh, or if it was something I really wanted to do and it was a really cool piece, I'd even be like, yeah, you know, you're probably looking at like, we'll just call it four. It may go a little over, whatever. Um, I'd rather tattoo for three hours and do something dope and throw it on my Instagram and get love than not tattoo it. So, you know, we'll roll with that. And they're telling me like, oh, well, there's this guy a couple booths over that said he'll do it for like 150. And I'm like, dude, if someone's doing three hour tattoos for 150 bucks, like, A, I can't compete. B, fucking go get it because one of two things is going to happen. Either they're going to do an ass job and you're going to learn a valuable lesson or you're going to get a dope fucking tattoo for 150 bucks somehow by someone that's devaluing themselves. So I do get what you're saying, that you have to believe and you have to apply it. I just think there's definitely a ceiling that some of these guys are somewhere somewhere in the middle is a reasonable hey for your area and your area of expertise and the place that you live and where your talent level is at this is kind of the the national average and uh if you happen to be really good with people you could probably get away with a little more if you happen to not be very good with people you might have to charge a little less if you tattoo a little slow you might have to take that into consideration but there are a lot of these people that are just gassed up on just really crazy rates that like you know, oh, th- this dude's been tattooing for two or three years and he's going to charge you, you know, a fucking new Kia for your half sleeve uh, where, you know, that's my unit of measurement is always like car related or something, um, you know, like there, there's people I know that are putting like a small house into a full sleeve and it's like that it, it starts to get crazy. And that's not me trying to shop with my wallet for others, but it is like where we're at and everything, you might have to be able to be flexible with that or to work with it or to, again, if you believe and you manifest and you put your whole heart into it and you know it's going to work out and then it doesn't work out to be like, maybe that's the universe equally showing me a sign that what the fucking, you know, masters of the tattoo business are telling me is the you know fucking bullshit uh or like isn't <laughs> built for my neighborhood or isn't built for my style or maybe they didn't even look at my work and they're just telling me that shit and it turns out i'm not as good as they're applying these lessons to um it can go in so many different directions but that's the big thing is it's not me trying to assess my point of view or value on people's work or on their rates or how they operate so much as just saying like everybody's got to be able to find a realistic middle ground. And there's going to be certainly you were on fucking ink master. You were in inked magazine. You own your own studio. You're in Florida where people get to wear t-shirts year round. You're in a cool position that you busted your ass and you earned a lot of things to get to where you can charge a little more. And people are going to roll with that. When I did Tampa last year, work in your booth, there were people that came up that looked at flash that I had out that absolutely probably gonna take me three or four hours you're probably looking at six hundred dollars that i'd see him kind of whispering i wouldn't even quote him a price yet 
pointing at the Ink Master logo on the booth, pointing at the Ink logo on the thing. Hey, we really want to get this piece, but we only have a thousand dollars. Is there? Can you wiggle? And in my head, I'm like, I was going to charge you six. Uh, okay, <laughs> I guess I can do that. You know, like cool. Right. I think I even told someone out of sheer guilt. They were like, I can do like eight, and it was something that was going to take me an hour. I was like, we'll call it five, you know. And they're like, oh, cool. And I'm like, I just did a five hundred dollar one hour tattoo. Great. Um, and it was something for my flash minimum. I wanted to do. Yeah, thousand dollar minimum at a bunch of shows we did. Just like, and people pay it. It's weird. Yeah. yeah, and it's and it's if you can get to that point, then it's awesome. If you're gonna get, you know, go get tattooed. If you're going to go get tattooed by Nico or Carlton or, you know, some of these guys that have done all of this stuff and built that name, yeah, it's going to be different. But if you're going to, you know, fucking Joe Six Pack that's been tattooing for two years but just happened to get in at the right time and he's trying to charge you three grand for a day to move slow as shit and do work on par with any other real of the artist around here you might have to make your expectations realistic of, did I hustle to get here? Did I pay dues to get here? Am I being unrealistic? Is the economy affecting how people charge? And you might have to roll from there with that. And I think a lot of people, that's just my two cents and my emotional input, because I don't want to see it be one of those things where the client and their input and their financial situations just get disregarded to like, well, fuck them. Don't get tattooed then. Cause I'm seeing so much of that in the industry right, right now. So much like it's not victim blaming cause they're not the victim, but like client blaming, I guess. Right. Right. Yeah. I see a lot of that too. And I'm like, cool. So you're wasting more time talking in tattoo shop talk than you are marketing yourself. Um, shut the fuck up. Get to work, <laughs> learn your business, learn your hustle, learn your market, learn your fucking you what like learn your business and yeah. that a lot of tattooers don't know it like dude when somebody when one of my clients introduced to me the concept of systems and processes i was like how are we going to do that it's a tattoo shop and then like as time goes on i'm like <laughs> oh okay well it's a business so there can be systems and processes oh yeah uh, but you know like so and it's funny because i totally forgot about this as i was talking earlier about my rates i do have a discount rate that i offer people you just have to book five sessions at a minimum of five sessions and a minimum of six weeks apart. So yeah. like, or a maximum of six weeks apart. So like, if you don't make five appointments that are at least six weeks or, you know, no more than six weeks apart each, then you don't get my rate discount. But when you yeah. do, you get a $1,500 day rate, but you pay for your last session first. And that's your deposit. Yeah. And when you come in, you're paying fifteen hundred for your first session, and you're already out three grand. Yeah. But by the fifth session or more, depending on how long it takes, <laughs> whatever the last session is, that's free. You don't have to pay for it. Because you already paid your deposit carried over. Exactly. So um, <clears throat> that's my way of being like, look, I know I'm still expensive, but I just saved you five thousand fucking dollars. So if you don't want to work with me at a discount of five thousand dollars, then I can't have you as a client. Yeah, because I just, you know, I just charged you seventy five hundred for a twelve thousand five hundred dollar tattoo. Like, 
I'm helping you the fuck out here. So like, yeah. And that's my line in the sand. Right. But then again, I also have different rates where I do $500, small things, thousand dollar medium things, and then half days. So like I found a way to make it work. So where I can kind of be the people's tattooer. And and, and like at the end of the day, it works for you because. Because I do own a shop and I have a lot of people to send them to if they don't want me. And that's exactly what I was going to say. And that's something that I love about, you know, the way that a lot of shops work anymore. It's not like, oh, we're a trad shop. That's all we do. Oh, this is a private studio. Everybody's $5,000 a day. Realism is that you have a good setup. The shop I work at has a good, I know a lot of friends that have cool setups where it's like, all right, this dude's 2K a day and he can get a lot done in a day, but he does a lot of award winning realism. It's going to be sick as fuck. If you're in here for your Pinterest fucking you know, stipple illustrative daffodil that's going to take one hour. You don't want to go to that guy anyways, because we've got this guy at this booth that does nothing but walk-ins and can draw a fucking semi-truck from memory. And he's going to do your stipple illustrative daffodil that takes one hour for like 150, 200 bucks. He stays fed. This guy stays hopefully busy if you're in the right area and people are paying that. Everybody works out everybody takes care of each other. And then when somebody else comes in, the amount of people that come in and like, I can do realism, I've done it. I don't think I'm the best, but they'll come in and they're like, you know, I've got this much. I want to do this big epic portrait. I want to do this, this, and this with it. And I'm like, Hey, that is not at all what I do, unfortunately, but this guy right here and this girl right here do, and they're a thousand or 1200 a day and they're going to crush it they're literally standing right there. Let's go talk to them real quick. Right. Like it, it, it all plays off of itself and it goes well, but everybody there does seem to work in harmony with each other and trying to make their values. There is definitely a weird middle ground where if you go to a shop where this guy's day rate is like 800 and the guy next to him's day rate is 3k, that it gets really weird and it gets really competitive and it gets really emotional. And there's a lot of feelings involved in comparison game and arguments and clients that are well fuck it that guy's that much cheaper i'm just gonna go to him and it gets weird so we all try and stay in a similar lane um i would say if you asked everyone at my shop what their full day rate is i think the lowest one is 800 i think the highest one is 15 so like they're all pretty pretty within pretty within reason of each other the person whose full day is 800 is in their second year of tattooing the guy who's 1500 is in like his fucking 12th year of tattooing uh their speeds are a little different it makes sense um but it is just yeah like there's there's got to be some sort of middle ground in knowing your worth and knowing at the end of the day what does appeal to your emotions and your feelings because that's what this whole show is about right um like how do you feel at the end of the day? Do you feel I've watched some people that charge that much kind of sit there and do the like, am I robbing people? Should I have discounted that because we actually only went this long? Like if it starts to wear on your soul, like if it's starting to wear on your soul, maybe you need to step back and take a look at that and be like, okay, what do I do with that? We went through um, the, somebody I tattooed at a shop you used to work at. Like I went yeah. through specifically and then ended up giving that person a giant free tattoo later because yeah. I, was, I fucking feel like i well overcharged you and now i feel like we are even steven and we're square you know yeah and, and to be quite honest i'll probably never charge that person again to tattoo them because i love them and i think they're great people and i think it's weird charging great tattooers fucking full price to fucking tattoo them 
all the fucking time, especially when you which, have a relationship. I feel like that's weird, but that might be my thing. I don't know. Which is hilarious, though, because I feel like <laughs> that most cool tattoo artists have that mindset of, hey, you're my homie and you tattoo and we like each other. I'm not going to charge you full price or I'm not going to charge you at all. And then on the flip side of that, they are the client is like, no, you're a dope tattooer, though, and I respect the shit out of you. And I don't like that. So I'm going to tip the absolute fuck out of you. Um, the guy who originally mentored me, you know, 15, 20 years ago, he's the one doing my back piece right now. His day rates the thousand dollars. Every time that he has tattooed me, he's like, just buy me lunch, whatever. And I'm like, no. And I hand him like $500 as a tip. I'm like, take this giant wad of money. Cause you fucking deserve money because you're a killer dude and you deserve money for doing good work. Right. It's such a, like, it suddenly becomes such a like teenage drama. Like, no, you, no, you, no, you kind of thing. Um, and I love watching it. Yeah, no, it's, it's fucking cool, man. It's cool. I feel like we, we have explored a lot of different fucking uh, areas of tattoo and financial, uh, feelings on it. So I hope, I hope whoever's seen this today as, uh, you know, kind of enjoyed the storm. Cause uh, it is now six twenty. We went twenty over. Yeah, as always. You know, it worked out nice. Uh, you know, but yeah, dude, fucking um, I think this was a good one too, especially considering I came into it really not feeling hundred. Uh, I yeah. If I if I didn't if I couldn't just go on my back porch, I wouldn't have done this today. Cause I just am still feeling pretty low. But uh, for a while there, like this conversation got me forgetting that I felt kind of crummy. So uh, yeah. I love that. But yeah, dude, um, great talk today. Uh, yeah. we, we outlined a lot of cool things about a lot of shit. Uh, and yeah, proud of that. Yeah. Good. So yeah. Um, and when I, we hop off here, I'm going to yeah. make a post in my stories to all of my friends at Tattoo. And I'm sure you'll share it to all of your friends at Tattoo that we are going to start looking to actually have concrete guests and topics because for two weeks now I've meant to start hitting people up and I haven't. So what we're going to do is I'm going to make the post right now. And if I don't make it and tag you in it within the next 15 minutes, you're going to text me and shame me. And we're actually going to start getting other people with other opinions on here too. Like we keep talking about and I keep dropping the ball on. Yeah. And, and like, I'm, I've been, I've got so many fucking plates spinning that now I'm like, all right, you go spin that plate, you go spin that plate, you go spin that plate. And like, as a business owner, like that's just me learning how to delegate, which feels yeah. great as a business owner. Uh, Cause you're like, well, I physically have the time in the day. I just don't have to sleep or feed myself or take care of my family, but I could do all the things. So like, you know, I'm kind of, I'm finding my way in learning how to delegate these things. So like you've taken on this job to, to find guests and I completely forget about it all the time. So <laughs> I think well, it would, we got it. I think it'll be very cool to start bringing on, uh, you know, different people with a different voice. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I used to try and get guests on here, but it was fucking difficult to get the schedules lined up and tattoos are a pain in the ass about that. So I was like, yeah, fuck it. Let's just do it like this. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm into having other guests and uh, different perspectives because I thought it was really cool. Like I said, when I went to John Nelson's shop, when I did his podcast, like they just listened to me talk almost the whole time. Like, and I was like, damn dog, y'all didn't give much input. And they're like, well, we're here to listen to your story. So I'm like, "Hmm." and that's, 
That'll be cool with ours to throw in some input, but also just to hear other opinions and voices and fresh takes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm here for it. So yes. Uh, once again, thank you reinventing. Thank you guy, Gabe, everybody else, uh, a part of the reinventing family that makes this a possibility and gives us a place where we can go and do something tattooers don't usually do and talk about our feelings. Um, so thank you for everyone here that helps make this happen. Thank you to all the viewers for watching and giving us a reason to keep doing this. So uh, I am going to say adieu and I love all of y'all and I love you, Dusty. I, I love, love you. Next week. Sounds good. Bye-bye. Right. Bye-bye.